Um, no, back to what I was saying. I, I think I'd be better than Matthew Barry. Listen, I see that he's famous. I get that he's on ESPN. But as I said, like, I know my player values. People really underestimate this, but the reason I, I'm coming out with Talk Too Much Fantasy Football is, which is coming out very soon in a couple of weeks, is because I just don't see the current fantasy podcasts that are out right now as that beneficial. Like, <clears throat> everybody can say this, but the articles I read on the ESPN app for fantasy football. The players they tell me to pick up, the bus, the sleepers, I'm already on this shit like a month or two out before. And when I noticed that, I was just like, maybe, I just want to see how I would do a fantasy football podcast. I've never really covered something like that for like the extent of a season. I'm more so focusing on actually covering it than like analyzing it, talking about it. But I just feel like I bring, I think about fantasy a different way. And honestly, everybody that I meet pretty much like just doesn't know how to play. And I just want to teach people how to play. I'm not going to guarantee you a win in your league, but I'm going to teach you how to put together a dope-ass team, honestly. So, yeah, that's why I want to come out with uh, Talk Too Much Fantasy Football. This week's a little bit of a different episode, a breather episode. Um, I have no guests this week, thank God. I could literally just talk by myself without being interrupted. Because sometimes, honestly, I love talking. Like, I just want to talk. And when I hear Keith's dumbass just keep going on and on and on, sometimes I'm just like, I know he's the guest and I shouldn't interrupt him, but I'm the one. I just want to talk. Um, so this week is a special episode. Um, I'm just going to update everybody really quickly on what's going on. Things are about to change going forward for the better. Um, as you know, Talk Too Much MMA comes out weekly on Thursdays. Um, Talk Too Much Fantasy Football is about to air with my buddy Tapper. Um, hopefully I can teach you guys how to play this, you know, fantasy football. Talk Too Much Hoops coming out later on this year. And then Talk Too Much Baseball is going to come out beginning first quarter of next year. Um, and, yeah, we're going to have about four, five, six, seven videos coming out every week by the end of this year. Now my main goal, JD, this is what we have to work on. By the end of this year, we want to go live. I want to transition. YouTube needs to be a secondary video platform. I want to start off on Twitch. I want to live stream on Twitch, so there's probably going to be like two people tuning in. For, um, and then I want to put, put it on YouTube after, just because, you know, live streaming is the new in. JD, did you see, I know you follow Gary V. Did you see that uh, he's starting his own podcast network? Like, he posted a tweet. He's like, listen, if any of you guys want to start a podcast, a professional one, you guys have $50,000 annually. I was like, listen, man, like, this, yeah, this better be like the most insane podcast of all time. But um, what is this in collusion? He was one of the first people on Anchor, too. Who? Gary Vee. He promoted Anchor? Yeah, on Breakfast Club. What do you say? What do you say about it? Like two years ago, said it was like the best new app out because you're able to take all, you can record your podcast directly from your phone, or you can just do it like that, and then you can post it to every single platform by one click. He promoted it on. That is dope. I use Anchor. I think Anchor is really dope just because obviously I want to upload it to SoundCloud too. It doesn't have SoundCloud. But I think it's just dope how it does now. You just have to do it manually at first and then it'll add it on. Now, if you were to reapply today, it would have SoundCloud? 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's bullshit. I'm gonna have to add the SoundCloud link onto it because fuck, I don't want to mainly upload all my shit to SoundCloud. Um, I again, another thing is I want to really stress the audio platform moving forward too. I want my listeners to. Sometimes it's just hard for them to see. The video has obviously more entertainment because they actually see our, ourselves and the expressions we make. But you know, the audio is just more suitable than most guests. I feel like. Um, so this last weekend, huh, I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about the UFC fight night that just happened last weekend. Um, so Jermaine Durandamy beat Aspen Ladd in the main event in a controversial decision. Um, guess who the ref was? Herb Dean. Um, and then in the co-main event, you know, our favorite, our... Fan favorite, Uriah Fighter, Uriah Fighter, Uriah Faber. What the fuck am I doing? I hate when I'm thinking of something and my mind's on something else, but I have to say something. I say what I'm thinking on accident. Like, I'll say the wrong thing. Okay, hold on. I'm looking at, okay, yeah, so Jermaine Durandamy defeated Aspen Ladd in 16 seconds. Apparently, she wasn't good after the weigh-in. Um, Aspen Ladd was in Jermaine knocked her out um she went through a rough rough weight cut she was dropped to her knees by a clean and brutal right hand and randomly immediately loaded up and connected with a follow-up left that rolled lad over onto her back referee stopped jumped in and stopped the fight after the second uh punch it's possible to interpret lad's twisting move on the mat as defensive and a science damn herb dean another controversial de decision what are you doing bro let me see this all right so this is it right here and let me see if this was, ooh, oh, she dropped it. Ooh, okay, whoa, that should not have been stopped. But she was, like, dropped. But still, damn, Herb Dean, another controversial decision. Um, but the fight I want to talk about mainly, Jermaine Durandamy, honestly, is probably going to get another shot at Amanda Nunez. Again, the women's divisions are very thin. Um, if Aspen Ladd would have won, they would have thrown her right away to Amanda Nunez just because we haven't seen that fight, and they need a new fight for her anyways. But we'd probably, we're probably going to see a second one of those. In fact, I think Jermaine... No, no, no. Nunez beat Jermaine. But the fight I want to talk about, this is the one that drew the most hype. Uriah Faber came back last weekend and knocked Ricky Simone out in 46 seconds. That was pretty fucking tight. Um, I took Ricky into heading into the fight. I thought Ricky was going to win. He's young. He's a stud. He's a brawler. He's aggressive. He's just a dog. He gets after it and he brings the heat. But Faber is just ready, man. And honestly, since he's come back, he's not this nice, humble Faber. He's been, like, talking, you know, talking to the media. He's been going back and forth with Henry Cejudo. I think Henry Cejudo's call-out really got to him, too. God, Cejudo's so corny. I heard him on uh, on social media talking. Again, man, his insults are so corny. Now, I heard Faber uh, talking about a potential fight with Cejudo. Um, how do I see that one going? Well, first of all, I think Cejudo should take Aljamain Sterling or Joseph Benavides. And Cejudo said it next. He has he's a double champ of the lower weight classes. Um, so he's in an interesting situation. There are a lot of fighters down there lining up for that shot. He said, of course, Joseph Benavides wants that shot. Of course, Aljamain Sterling wants that shot. That shot could change their lives. So 
I know a lot of fighters are lined up to take a shot at uh, Henry's belt. Now, out of all those, what do I see happening? I see Aljamain Sterling getting knocked out. I like Aljamain Sterling. I think he's a fantastic fighter. Don't think he he's a good distance management fighter. Got great kicks, great jiu-jitsu, great gra grappler, just great overall fighter. I don't think he's going to take Henry Cejudo's explosiveness and um, his power. Um... I don't think Henry can beat Max Holloway, so I'm not going to entertain that. Maybe maybe he could. I don't know. I just don't know about that fight. That's not a good fight for him. But um, in terms of the Uriah-Faber matchup, do I think Faber deserves the title shot next? No, but that's the fight I do want to see the most. Um, do I think Faber would beat Henry Cejudo? No. He thinks he's a good matchup for him. I don't know about that. Faber's jiu-jitsu is outstanding, probably better than Henry's. But everybody knows Henry's wrestling pedigree. Now, Faber was one of the best. He was, you know, he grew up wrestling. He was a high school wrestler. Um, however, with that being said, I just don't see that as a good match at Faber's old. Like, he's 36, 37, I think, right now. But what's his stand-up? Like, how is he standing up with? How is he standing up with Henry? That's my thing. What's he going to do to stand up with Henry? Like, God, that's just not a good... I'm not saying he can't hold his own, but, dude, Henry's a dog, bro. Like, that's not a fight. That's not a fight I want to see Faber. I don't think Faber's quite ready for that yet. I think he needs one more tune-up fight. I just, the state of the UFC is a little weird right now, in my opinion. Um, what do I like about, again, Faber's going to get put on his back in that fight probably a lot. They're going to get in the clinch. They're going to grapple a lot. So Faber will have his opportunity to pull off submissions. But, again, Henry's grappling. Just, Henry's a different level, man. Like, he is a top five fighter on the planet. I wouldn't say he's the best pound for pound right now. Obviously, y'all know who I think is. But, like, come on, dude. Man, no one's really No one's taking those belts from him. No one is. Who? This dude just beat Marlon Marais. That was the toughest matchup. I was like, dude, he's big. He's strong. He's brink. He throws heat. He can, you know, he can grapple. Like, he's not, Henry's not going to have a t nice time just taking him to the ground. And what happened? He gassed out. He couldn't really survive. Um, I don't like, I don't really like that favor matchup. I'll be real. Now, another big thing happened over the week. Jorge Masvidal called out Conor McGregor. Man, I wish Keith was here for that. What do you think of that? Who do, who'd you get in that fight? I would take McGregor, but I... Interesting. I think uh, I, I want to see him fight him or Cerrone next. I think that would be great. At first. McGregor, I'm saying. Yeah, I know, I know. Masvidal fights for, you know. I, I know, I know. I, I think I would take Masvidal. As crazy as that sounds. Because I was uh, number one. I looked at it. Connor had a tough time going up and fighting Nate Diaz at 170. Fact. And Masvidal shits on Nate Diaz, in my opinion. Well, I mean, they won't make him cut weight. Who? Masvidal? No, if they were to fight, can you pour me up? Yeah. If they were to fight, they would fight at one uh, at one seventy. And my thing is, Masvidal just knocked out Darren Till, who's a middle, who's like middleweight size, bro. He has trouble cutting down. Like Connor's gonna be uh, load me up. Yup. <laughs> Connor's gonna be fighting someone that is a lot bigger, knocks out middleweights, and Masvidal's fucking lethal, bro. He said, all I see is the cash signs with Connor. He says, that's an easy fight. That's just a money fight for me. Well, I think that's... That's not an easy fight for him. And I don't even know. That's just a crazy fight. That's a beautiful fight. It's easy to say, so you get 
That is the money. That's the fight everybody wants. That's still the fight. Keith's right, goddammit. That's the fight everybody wants. Now, in terms of Masvidal Connor, you'd rather see Cerrone Connor? I would rather see Mas Masvidal beat Cerrone. I would rather see Masvidal, but I think Connor would beat Cerrone. So I'd rather. The nice, the proper 12 versus Bud Light thing. <laughs> With Masvidal? That would be so tight. Because, you know, Masvidal's not someone to talk like. Bro, Masvidal's straight violence. Bro, he grew up... Like, you know, Masvidal started off with Kimbo Slice Backyard Fights on YouTube. He was all, he was all you could find. That was my high school jam. Kimbo Slice, my man. <laughs> man, it's sad what happened to that guy. But, yeah, people were talking about Kimbo Slice. Jorge Masvidal was right next to him. The difference is Jorge Masvidal got into the UFC and became successful. Now, you got to remember... 13 It is a lot. It is a lot, not going to lie, but you got to understand. That's a normal fighter. I got to take these glasses off, honestly. I actually was impressed about that, honestly. I was thinking that to myself, like, I'll put these back on. I was thinking that to myself. I was just like, did JD just name Masvidal's like, losses? What's his wins? Yeah. <laughs> You're learning. You really are learning. You can't even deny not a lot of, like, your average fan can't name Jorge Masvidal's record off the top of their head. And now here's how I think that fight's bad for Conor. Um, now to actually get into the analytics of it. So as I said, um, I don't think Jorge's going to necessarily knock Conor out in one punch. But Jorge's power is transcendent to middleweights. That's what he hits with. That's the level of fighters he can, that power brings to the table. Uh, that didn't even sound right. That's the type of fighters he brings down. Um, what does that say? Oh, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Jorge Masvidal, that fool knocks out middleweights, like straight up. I don't see Conor being able to engage in a serious striking war with him. The way I see Conor beating him is generating more offense. He's not going to be able – he's going to have to tag Jorge a lot more than Jorge tags him, obviously. But I'm saying Jorge's explosive. Jorge's such a beautiful striker. His combos are crazy. Connor's not gonna Connor's gonna want to be at the top of his A game, man. He's gonna have to utilize those kicks, but he's gonna have to the number one thing against Jorge would be precision. His strikes, he cannot be missing. He has to be precise with his strikes. He has to make each strike count. Cause I don't, that's not the way I look at it is Jorge's like a better version of Nate Diaz. All right? Now Connor started off beating the shit out of Nate Diaz in both fights. What happened at the beginning of the, both those fights? He was beating the shit out of the guy. Then as he gassed out and he was exerting more energy. His cardio went down, and he just got tired, and Nate Diaz capitalized and finished him in the first fight and almost won that took the second fight. But honestly, Connor looked like the better fighter off the rip. He just needs to run more and get his gas tank up. Um, now, that can't happen against Jorge, man. Like, I don't think Jorge's gas tank's as good as Nate Diaz. Maybe I don't think Jorge's going to take that much damage as Nate Diaz can, but I also think Jorge's crazy, and Jorge can take a lot of damage, man. That fool's mentally insane. Um, I wouldn't go toe to toe with him. You'd have to outsmart him. Um, yeah, I think you have to outsmart Jorge. Um, if I'm Jorge in that fight, that's just going to be a fireworks fight. I honestly don't know what to tell. I think Connor's probably a little bit more technically sound on the feet, but I think Jorge's power and the opponents Jorge fights and Jorge's just attitude on life is just a bad matchup for Connor. Like, Jorge's just a violent dog, bro. He gets after it. He brings it every fight. 
that's not that's not a fight Connor can take easy. Like that's a fight Connor's gonna have to be exerting a high volume output the whole fight. He can't be staying still. He can't let Jorge get in his rhythm. You know, he can't let Jorge explode and get confident and throw those combos out. Um, I think Jorge could grapple with him maybe, but I also said in the past, Connor's a really good defensive grappler, but I see that fight being on the feet and them going at it more so. Thank you. Um, and again, man, I just don't see, let me take, I'm good right now. Yeah. Again, I don't see, now, I'm not saying Connor's power isn't enough to hang with Jorge's, but when I saw Connor fight Nate Diaz, I saw Connor mimicking the Diaz style, boxing style throwing more 60 to 70% punches and high, higher rates than less punches at a higher power outage. So certain fighters will load up and throw heat in one or two punches, while other fighters will throw 60, 70% of their power, but throw four or five punches out at a time. Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz were known for throwing 60% punches the whole fight, but keeping it coming round after round after round and wearing your opponent down. Um, uh, I just don't see, I, I see Con Connor's going to have to make the most out of every strike, in my opinion, against Jorge Masvidal. I don't think he could just go at Jorge um, how it is. Uh, wow, sorry. That's the fight to make, in my opinion. Although, man, honestly, for Jorge Masvidal, I want to see him fight Kamaru Usman. I want to see him get his title shot. He deserves it. But I don't think that's the fight they're going to do that fight. He won two fights in a row coming off two losses. I think there's a high possibility we either see Jorge Camaru or Jorge Connor. I would love to see Jorge Connor and Camaru winner, uh, winner of Colby Robbie uh, fights Camaru. I don't know why I want to see. I want to see Colby fight Camaru, and I want to see. I would love to see. I think Masvidal McGregor is my my favorite fight to make, but I can also say that Masvidal deserves a title shot. He's been doing this for a while. I mean, like, and again, he. I know he lost two in a row. I know he lost two in a row, and he's only coming off two wins, but those two wins are against Darren Till and Ben Askren. You tell me, man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. This weekend, before we move on, I have something special I want to talk about that's been bugging me. But this weekend, we have Leon Edwards in another UFC fight night in the main event taking on RDA. I'm actually very excited for that. If any of you don't know who Leon Edwards is... UFC fighter competing in the welterweight division. He's the guy that after the Darren Till win, Jorge Masvidal was giving an interview with Darren Till. Um, and in this interview, in this interview, <laughs> Leon Edwards walks by and says something. You see, you see Jorge Masvidal, fresh off a win against Darren Till, looks at Leon Edwards in the middle of the interview. This is on camera, by the way. He says, say it to my face. Leon Edwards is walking away. Jorge puts his hands behind his back and just smiles and walks up to Leon. The camera shifts over and watches Jorge do this. Jorge walks up to Leon. People are all around them. Remember, he just leaves the interview. Just imagine this. He's, imagine a professional athlete's giving an interview, and he just leaves the middle of the interview, and the camera's still rolling, and the professional fighter goes up to another fighter and hits him with a three-piece combo to the face. Just hands behind his back, smiles, then boom, one, two, three. That was awful. But still, that was pretty fucking crazy, bro. Here's the... Here's the clip. Here's the clip. No, but... No, I do want to see it. I want to actually throw that on. We're going to throw that clip on. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is the clip. 
No, but in all of seriosity, like this fool, Jorge Masvidal, is mentally insane, man. I just don't see it. Just it's hard to take him over a dominant wrestler, wrestler like Kamaru, who's that big too. But man, I really want to see this guy as champion. He's literally in a matter of three weeks become one of my favorite fighters in the uh, UFC. I do have RDA this weekend. I mean, I think he's just vicious. I think he's going to submit Leon Edwards. Leon is tight. Don't get me wrong. But RDA is just another level, man. I fuck with him. He's aggressive on the feet. He throws heat. Um, and I think that's just not a good matchup for Leon Edwards, man. RDA is too aggressive, bro. He's going to get finished, in my opinion. RDA is very slept on. No one realizes how good that fool is. Um, and do I think Ben Askren's getting a, a rematch against Jorge? Yeah, I would love to see that, but I think he needs to win one or two more fights. I say you throw Askren. It's, it's weird because you could throw Askren the loser of Robbie Colby, but I don't think the UFC wants to do that because I think if Robbie loses against Colby and they match up Askren and Robbie too, I think Robbie's going to shit on him. That's, like, Askren doesn't like that matchup because of Robbie's size and power. Dana did not love him. No, I no they hated each other until recently. Dana, when he signed him, Dana's like warmed up to him. But Astrid's always antagonized Dana in the social media because Dana never signed him. So Astrid was undefeated Bellator champ, undefeated one champ. He was the best fighter not in the UFC for like six, seven years. Dana still wouldn't sign him. So it was a little suspect. So all bullshit aside, I want to talk about something that's just really just been fascinating me the past three days i don't know why i just wanted to talk about it do aliens really exist i just wanted to talk about this because i watched this joe rogan bullshit so if any of you didn't know joe rogan's podcast joe rogan had a guest had two guests jeremy corbell and bob lazar uh two men came on his podcast um jeremy corbell is a film producer and um, extreme believer. He believes in extreme circumstances, extraordinary things. Um, Bob Lazar is a former astrophysicist that worked at Los Alamos Research Center in New Mexico, and he claims he worked at Site S4, 15 miles south of Grooms Lake at Area 51. So it was a site in Area 51 called S4. It was on the side of it. Um, it's a secret site. He said he worked, um, there were nine hangars, built in the side of a mountain at this site. Um, so when I'm going to tell the story because this shit blew my mind. Be, just because I'm a very realistic person, I don't really believe in bullshit like this, but I was watching this and it just really blew my mind because I looked into this man's eyes and no part of me believed that he was lying. So <laughs> he's working at Los Alamos Research Center as an astrophysicist for the U.S. government. And he gets approached by a man, and this man invites him to go to Area 51, Site S4 of Area 51, in Nevada, to work on a special project. So he gets to Nevada, and he gets briefed. He reads a bunch of documents. Um, these documents entail extraterrestrial life force and, you know, extraordinary things, things not from this world. Um... And then he, uh, he goes to work at this site, and he says that the government, they assigned two workers, two scientists per hangar. Now, mind you, there were nine hangars, and he said each hangar had a different vehicle, a spacecraft, um, um, a piece of machinery 
that he said was 100% not from this world. Um, he, the documents he read briefed him on all this alien life force, and he thought he was a joke. It was a joke until he actually got to the place, and he said at one point all nine hangars, the door separating them was open, and he looked down, and he saw all nine space, uh, alien spacecrafts. He said that the U.S. has nine separate alien spacecraft vehicles in their possession. Now, he worked at this place in 1988 and 1989. Um, this is nothing to do with MMA, but man, this has been fascinating me because my whole life I've never believed in aliens. I've always believed that for there to be a species as intelligent as us, as us it would require millions of random X variables to go a certain way to get that species and evolve that species to the point where we are now. Like, do you know how many random X variables had to occur for the human species to be where they are? So, I know this sounds like bullshit, but my mind is just completely blown because there's really someone out there that worked at Area 51 that's saying all this bullshit. Now, do I believe him? Nah, I do, bro. I really do. I looked into this man's eyes, bro. He's been deeply affected by this shit. Like... He gets migraines randomly when he thinks of it. It stresses him out. You know, this ruined his life. And he came out with this information because he believed it's a, it's, wait, bring a human if bum on earth. What does that say? Uh, just being born on earth. It's a 300, 300 trillion to one odd that you become a human if you're born on earth. So an evolved species. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Very slim that's what I'm saying. And now there's people who, th there are reports that they've come into contact with this alien species. Um, I do believe Bob Lazar calls it Zeta Reticuli. That's what the species he calls them. That's how he calls the species. He has a specific name for them. He says, he says they've been in contact with humans for um, thousands of years. They've been interfering with the human species. Now, he says he walked in on an alien, he walked in an alien spacecraft and saw it. Um, now, the thing about all this is the fuel source, the power that has been powering the, these spacecrafts, element 115, otherwise known as antimatter. Um, antimatter is kind of like a force. So what they did is his partner at Area 51, Barry, he had another partner before Bob got there. So this partner did an experiment on a reactor they found in the alien spacecraft. Now, the reactor was half a basketball and like a skinny plate. And when it was turned on, they weren't conjoined by anything, but they levitated in a force field. Now, that force field, they wanted to penetrate. So they put a plasma cutter. They tested out. A, they made a plasma cutter shoot at the force field. The force field repelled the cutter and it just killed the, the scientists on the spot. It was a gruesome uh, event killed the scientist, and that's how Bob got called. He got called to replace the dead guy. So he came out and said, if this element can be weaponized, someone would be invincible because you could impose your will on anybody. Because basically you'd have a force field around you that repels everything. So that's pretty fucking insane. Do I believe it? Yeah, man, I fucking do. I, I really just, I really do. I do not, this is gonna sound like such pussy shit, I do not ever want to run into something like this. I feel like if I were to come in contact with an alien spacecraft, something not from this world, it would change me. It would change my whole perception of the world and everything. Again, this shit blew my mind when I saw it. Yeah. What do you mean, basically, Black Panther suit?
mean, that's the, the engineering behind the idea of the suit. Same thing as Captain America's shield. Yeah. It harnesses the kinetic energy of whatever hits it, and it's transferable yes. in the direction. But this is like, gravity pulls you in, right? He's calling antimatter. This It's called anti-gravity, element 115. It repels. Antimatter. Yeah, but he's calling it anti-gravity. It's like, because what he's trying to say is it's literally the opposite of gravity. Lower. Yeah. And he said, like, he said, if someone can figure out a way to, to surround a fighter pilot or an airplane in this force field, they could dominate a planet because you can impose your will on anybody. There's nothing yet you, you can do. So basically what the U.S. government he's claiming has been trying to do is reverse engineer these alien spacecrafts. Um, that's fucking insane. So they want to have a blueprint on how to control this machinery and equipment. Um, he said that nothing about this technology when he when he saw it made sense. And he said he like when he first saw it, this is how he described his appearance. When he first saw it, he he was on the brink of of science. It was this new technology and it it intrigued him and it, he was so excited to be there. But the more he stood there, the more like dreadful it was because he was realizing, holy fuck, you know, this is bigger than us. You know, there's something out there that we don't know about. And honestly, what the fuck, like we, this literally just, I don't know, it just kind of like weird just hearing him, like watching him say this shit. I've just been nonstop watching these things over the past three days. Everything we know, our whole history as we know it is just like questionable now. This dude said, I'm going to repeat, that he's worked, he's seen nine, he's seen and walked in on nine separate alien spacecrafts. That's fucking insane. I called my grandma this morning. She lives in Romania. My grandma's so religious, religious. The most annoying shit ever. If I'm not if I'm at the dinner table drinking while I'm eating, she says, "Nope, God doesn't say that. The way we do it, you're not supposed to drink till after the meal." Like that's strictly of of a religious person. But I called her and I told her I saw this video. I was like, "Grandma, I saw this video. I was telling her about this shit. She couldn't even she started yelling at me. I got hella mad. They're just so it's so hard to believe. It just for a normal person, just so hard to believe. Yeah, that's my and that's my least favorite thing on this planet is the but like strict constitutionalists, like really old school people. Yes, like that's great. We get it, but you need to be open minded and understand times are evolving. In my opinion, um, and I'm applying this to everything, more, but more so. He who is resistant to change will certainly perish. That's a great quote. That's actually a really great quote. He who is resistant to change will certainly perish. Destined to perish. Destined to perish. But yeah, man, do I, I've just never believed there could be a, a life force, a species really as intelligent as ours. So for this fool to come out and say this shit, I want to one day see like, I don't know, a part of me is like, I would love for to see, I want to see photos of what's in Area 51. But if I ever came into contact with something, I would shit myself. I, I wouldn't know what to do. I hope I never see something extraterrestrial because I just don't know how my brain would process. What if it was a super hot alien? I wanted to like fuck the alien. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit. <laughs> just a creepy ass alien. No, but what if... No, the people, people say they've come in contact with these things. They're like very skinny, fragile beings with really, really large heads and gray. That just sounds like a cartoon, like you grow up believing... No, there's probably different types. There's a huge spectrum of what they could or could not look like. I agree. Do you believe in aliens? I, I think it's pretty clear that they're 
pretty ignorant to think that we're the only thing in existence. Yeah, I think That's so too. That's the side that I'm on. That's scary, man. Do I think that they're as big as us? Or I don't know. But I think there's something else. The thing is that Bob Lazar said on his podcast is, on Joe Rogan's podcast is, the scariest thing about all this, the thing that made him quit and come out with this information, because he's, you know, he's basically like a, uh, a Jonathan Snowden, honestly. He released top secret U.S. And on what's this? What's? That's not his name, but. No, it's not his name, but I'm saying. I know. I, oh, Edward Snowden. Good job. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um, but if you really think of it, if what Bob Lazar is saying to be true, and Joe Rogan said this, is that not the greatest discovery of all time? If he were to lay eyes on an extraterrestrial spacecraft. No, no, no. But I'm saying if no, no. I'm I'm not saying his discovery of it. I'm saying if what he's saying is true, and the U.S. government actually has nine separate different shaped alien spacecrafts in nine separate hangars on the side of a mountain in Area 51, is that not this not that is that discovery the discovery of of a of a piece of equipment, a person, a piece of matter from another dimension, not the biggest discovery of all time on this planet? Probably until you get inside Area 51. I don't know about that. Really makes your brain explode. I don't think that's true because I think that we are the yeah. most far behind species. Far behind? Yes, because Bob Lazar said this tech yeah, this technology is so far ahead of us. And the craziest thing is this. He found this in nineteen eighty nine. And he said this technology could be like their steam engine. That could be like their start. Yeah, they could be like evolving and getting bigger things and better and yeah. better and smarter. That's what Bob Lazar was saying. Is like these these things I'm talking about. I said this 30 years ago. No one believed about Element 115, but we found out about it, and now it's on the periodic table. So they were saying people are coming out and saying everything Bob Lazar's saying is crazy. He's a nut job. He has no credentials because they couldn't find it online. But the things he was saying in the 80s were proved. 20 years later, 25 years later, were proven to be right. Element 115, when he came out and said those things back in the 80s, people laughed. Then it got added in 2004 to the periodic table of elements. It's actually an element now. So this shit just blew my mind. It really did. There's fucking aliens out there, bro. And you could, there's also clips, like, there's a bunch Roswell's of clips. Too. What? Roswell's what is that? I've read that online. So. They didn't. No, no, no. So here's the thing: they have not been able to reverse engineer, but they, they have. They, yes, yes, and I then I do believe that because they have nine separate oh, ones. Where the came from. Bro, all I know is one day we had a razor, the Motorola flip phone, and then the next time we have a touchscreen that that's playing music. Like it's kind of a quick little jump, but again, um, so Bob Lazar said something interesting. He was saying they might be more advanced, but in terms of smarter. He's saying the human race has been, has built, it started with fire, electricity, uh, the telephone, the computer, like they've, the steam and they've jumped, they've really evolved. Like Joe Rogan said this on this podcast, like we're doers. Like we could be like the human race. We're not like any other species. Like we evolve. We, we want bigger, better, faster. Every year we build stuff that are better. We're builders. 
we were evolvers. We're not like he was saying, like bees build their hives, but they're doing the same shit they've always done. They never really evolved. We as humans evolve. We build things. We get better each and every year. Yes, greed. But greed is on. Yeah, greed is good in a certain way. Everything in moderation, my dad always says, greed is good. Greed pushes you. I always say this. You should always want more, never less. You should never be satisfied. But yeah, um, aliens, man. I fucking feel weird talking about aliens on a sports podcast. But this has been the shit that I've been watching the past three days. Um, and it's just been on my mind because the number one thing about it is when I looked into this dude Bob Lazar's eyes... Nothing about what he, what he was saying made it seem like he was lying. And I've never win, been one to give these type of topics that much attention, but honestly, this shit kind of blew my mind. Now, enough about the aliens, you know, and Bob Lazar. If you guys want to watch it, um, his, his documentary is on Netflix. I highly recommend it, but I highly, highly recommend everybody watches his episode on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um... And I don't really give a fuck. I'll be honest. Here's the type of person I am. I don't give a shit about anything but sports. I don't. <laughs> Real talk. But this kind of, you know, intrigued me. This is something that I'd be willing to debate. I mean, yeah, that's false. I actually give a lot of fuck about a lot of things. Especially with all the Area 51 talking on social media. Oh, yeah. So uh, this also coming up. Good call, JD. Bro, there is some shit in the news that people want to gather and storm Area 51 to so they can find out the truth about what's behind there. Bob Lazar came out actually yesterday or the day before in the media and said that is not a good idea. Because last time someone tried doing it, he got shot. Now, granted, there's a million. He said they said that they're going to have like hundreds of thousands of millions of people. Bro, they will laser hey, them all. They have two legends. Who? Keanu Reeves and Chuck Norris are coming. Shut up. No, we're about to lose Keanu Reeves and Chuck Norris. <laughs> we're losing them way too early. Bro, they have plasma cutters. What if they literally just walk in and get zapped? Like, there's just a plasma field. Yeah, I don't think a plasma. Yeah, if we're, if we're getting that Chuck Norris, I think that Chuck Norris can take out a couple plasma cutters. But still, again, they have alien spacecrafts in there. Um, if we're getting the Matrix Keanu Reeves and, like, in his prime Chuck Norris, now we're talking. Now we're talking, but I don't, I don't think we're getting those guys. Um, That has to be a meme. That's ridiculous that people would have the balls. I don't care how much I want to know the secret. I'm never going to raid Area 51. I feel like, you know, the pictures of that sign, no trespassing, like that's the start of it. If you, once you cross that sign, I feel like you could just get sniped. When I was in middle school, I took my dirt bikes too far uh, in Elko, Nevada. We were in a desert north. Is that next to Area 51? Allegedly. And there were some black SUVs that pulled up while we were dirt biking. Shut the fuck up. How old were you? 12, 13. So wait, wait, you, who are you with? Were you with your homie or some My shit? homie Jack Foley. And no grown-ups? Uh, they were a distance away. The SUVs are your grown-ups? We had a football, both, really. But we got dirt bikes, and we were riding dirt bikes in the desert because we had a football trip to Tonopah, Nevada, to play against Tonopah, Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah, and we went really but far. like, where did you what did you drive like up a hill like? No, we just went really far into a clearing. We just we were just gunning it. We were going far. And, and you saw SUVs and pull up in the distance. SUVs look like excursions. Like remember Ford 
But was it in front of you guys? When you guys were riding forward, did they pull up in front of you? or? They came, kind of came out of nowhere way in the distance. And we're like, this is probably not a good area to be moving. Turn around. So you think you might have been on the outskirts? Year 2000. You might have been on the outskirts. And you guys were where? That's probably like right south. That's because the the alien force, the S site S four is where the alien technology is being held. That's south of Area Fifty One, north of Tonopah. Well, yeah, you should have. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> no, I don't talk about aliens. <laughs> Talks yeah, about aliens. <laughs> um, honestly, I would love. I just wanna. Do you think? I would one day like just love to be take a tour of Area Fifty One. I want to. I, I know. I know everybody would. That's that's crazy to think that all the world's secrets are probably right there. The line's three hours at Disneyland. It's four hours. I know. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the that's probably the most highly confidential place. Because like Bob Lazar was saying, once he left and came out with the secrets, everybody got paranoid. Now it was the point where if I hear suspect you even talking, we're gonna come at, after you. Like the security went through the roof for this place after he left. That's the only reason Bob Lazar is still alive, is that he's a public guy. Yeah, that, dude, I'm saying, right? Cause, uh, How many hundred other people have been murked? Bro, I want to show you the. To I want to show you the video. Um, when he first came out, he just came out in a shady, shadowy figure on the news and came out and said all this stuff. Then he recently came out to the public because, man, if he needed the people to know who they are, because if he goes missing, then everybody would be like, okay, maybe. Some sus. Maybe the government really is trying to hide something. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's another fucking shady list. We're not gonna get into that one because we're talking about aliens, not politics, man. All right, but talk too much. That's it for this week. Um, so really quickly, um, fantasy football. Talk too much. Fantasy football is airing very soon. Um, I'm gonna be helping you guys out with your drafts before the season, your sleepers, your busts, who to stay away from, shit like that. Um, Tapper will be joining me. Um, we'll be doing this together uh, for season one. Talk Too Much Hoops is airing later this year. Um, that's going to be the one I'm most excited for, just because basketball is my sport. Next week, we're going to have um, – I'm trying to get a couple of underground fighters coming on this show soon, hopefully. Um, but I'm waiting for the right times for that. But we have a, a – couple of dope guests. I'm going to be collaborating with another MMA podcast very soon, either this week, the next week, or the week after. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, and I have this guy, my buddy JD's friend, James, what's his last name? Toller. Toller. James, if you're watching this, you're on next week. Um, very opinionated guy, apparently, so I'm very excited for that. We'll talk some football, guy, basketball, MMA. We really have, I got to stop saying that shit. <laughs> No, when I go live, this is going to be a problem, uh, honestly. Uh, like, because if I fuck up, there's no going back, you know? And I will for sure fuck up, because that's me. I just talk way too much. No pun intended. Uh, yeah. So, um, with that being said, aliens are real. Um, talk too much hoes. <laughs> Talk too much, ho. That is one podcast I cannot have, actually. <laughs> um, but other than that, that's a wrap for this week, right? I think so. Well, I'll see you next. Ah, I'll see you. Dude, I got to work on these fucking endings. The whole ending again. That's it for this week. <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, don't delete this. I'd rather. I need to learn. So, put this on my. Put this whole thing on. 
the, not the gay part, but this, this part on right now. My blooper reels throw on. Keep them on. Um, that's it for this week. I'll see you guys next week.